Ken Forrester, Executive Director at Momenta. Welcome to our Digital Thread Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momenta, they are deep industry operators. We hope you find these podcasts informative, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to episode 187 of our Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to host Garish Naganathan, CTO of Technicolor Connected Home and SVP of the Broadband Product Union. He is responsible for directing the technology roadmap of the company while identifying industry adjacency opportunities for Technicolor Connected Home offerings. He also leads the operational transformation and execution of the company's broadband product development and management. Over his 11-year tenure with Technicolor, Girish has played an integral role in the organizational evolution of the company through the frequent and often dramatic shifts that have taken place in the video and broadband segments of the industry. Garish has a uh, master's of mechanical engineering from Purdue and an MBA from University of Colorado Boulder, Leeds School of Business. Garish, welcome to our Digital Thread podcast. Ken, thank you so much and uh, look forward to chatting with you today. As well, and I appreciate you taking the opportunity to tell us what is a very interesting space that you're operating from and looking forward to digging into that. So as you know, we call this the Digital Thread Podcast, and thus we always like to ask about one's individual digital thread. In other words, the one or more thematic threads that define the digital industry journey. What would you consider to be your digital thread? For me, the digital thread starts with connectivity. And connectivity of devices, connectivity of infrastructure, and in general, connectivity is the backbone of the digital thread, at least in the digital industry journey that I'm a part of. If you look at it in a very real way, connected home is actually a ground zero for many people's exposure to IoT application and services. It's their first foray into touching a Nest thermostat or a connected device, and then using that experience to embark on adjacencies, to embark on adjacent product lines to enhance individuals' lives, enterprises' productivity, and beyond. The second piece of this for me is in terms of the combination of the hardware and software. By that, I don't mean, Ken, just the hardware and the software that runs on the hardware. But the full stack, not just the embedded piece, but also the IoT and the cloud platforms and the connectivity to the cloud that form the second axis of this digital thread and the backbone of this transformation. Finally, as I talked about, the experience in connected home starts to play a big role. And the human centricity, the ease of use, whether it's in home or an enterprise or industrial digital transformation, that ease of use is absolutely critical. And that's the third axis that runs through this digital thread. I know you asked for a single digital thread, but it's a combination of these axes that I think makes the digital transformations and the digital thread phenomenon uh, being successful and more pervasive as we see in the world. Yeah, it's what I love about asking that question because it's purposely meant to be very open-ended. 
because it's how somebody answers. It gives you a really good perspective of their own, if you will, individual background coming up to that, but also where they've built effectively their platform. And it's pretty clear when you talk about connectivity all the way up to ease of use, you've built up a very strong platform, which we'll talk about a little bit in a moment. So with that in mind, not all of our listeners may be familiar with Technicolor outside of the logos at the end of a lot of movies if uh, you stay around to watch the credits. Tell us a bit about Technicolor and your specific role there. Technicolor is a 100-year-old company. Color by Technicolor is what most people can relate to. But Technicolor has got multiple divisions. One is the Creative Studios, which most people are familiar with the name Technicolor. The biggest division of Technicolor is Connected Home. And Technicolor is undergoing some significant changes. At the end of the third quarter, Technicolor will become Vantiva as a result of the strategic spin of the Technicolor Creative Studios. Vantiva is going to be an independently standalone company, and it will be a leading provider of consumer and customer premise equipment that provides video and broadband access to the home. We'll also continue to focus on this core business because today, Technicolor ships between 35 to 40 million devices to different operators in every corner of the world. Operators like Comcast or Spectrum or Vodafone or Deutsche Telekom or Telstra in Australia. And this is a core part of our business. But as we get closer to uh, September and end of the third quarter, you'll also start hearing us talk about our branching out into the IoT applications across the vertical industry segments. And expect to hear more about Vantiva and our work in the IoT sector after September. And there's a lot of exciting stuff that's happening. And I look forward to sharing with the wider audience at the time. Excellent. Wow. And so the timing of doing this podcast is really great in terms of your guys' launch. You mentioned specifically the IoT opportunity. And I must say that is what really compelled me to approach you around the podcast, because I think it's a very interesting value proposition to utilize the home edge, if you will, as the basis for some of these IoT opportunities. So I know Connected Home has not been a core topic in a lot of our past podcasts, but again, we were intrigued to see your announcement about exploring industrial and commercial IoT opportunities. So tell us a bit about this opportunity space. I mean, look, Technicolor has worked to create a seamless and intuitive experience at home. Home is an area that we understand. We know how to connect to different networks, and we know how security is an important part of these networks and how robustness of the hardware and the software solutions that we provide becomes a very important part of the device offerings. The adjacency of addressing the IoT for the vertical markets is based on a strategy of connect, collect, compute, and create. I'll explain that in a second. Connect is connected devices, which we know how to do. Collect is collecting data through sensors and radios. Compute is to work with IoT and cloud platform providers and create is to create a service, either through independent software vendors or through platform companies or ourselves. In all these cases, Technicolor can position and is positioning itself as a leader, leveraging its experiences from the connected home. And I myself provide that leadership as a part of my role as the CTO of our connected home division. And Technicolor is doing that with the entire community of building partnerships, building a user base and a user community. Now, the ready applications of home to connected spaces is not that apparent. 
But with the right partnerships, with the right ecosystems that we have built, we believe that we could offer something meaningful in this space. We're able to bring our experience and connect and collect to work with compute and create partners. And these could be spaces such as smart buildings, smart spaces for multiple dwelling units, retail facilities, warehouses, hospitality, and building management. All in all, the fundamentals of able to develop rock-solid hardware that's enterprise-grade and at an affordable cost and value proposition, and to bundle it up with investments of tens of millions of dollars that we've made on software over the last decade, can all be adapted to the different vertical markets to meet the needs of these vertical markets. And that's how we are talking about these industrial and commercial IoT opportunities, and that's how our expansion happens. I like that model, connect, collect, compute, create. And I like even more so that you've identified where your core is and really where your trajectory is in terms of how you're driving that. In a recent article, you discussed the what you called emerging opportunity spaces for IoT greenfield implementations for brownfield ones. What is the difference and how do you see these creating greater demand for your services? When you look at IoT is a term that's used very widely. And there's no right answer to IoT, and there's no wrong answer to IoT. And almost every organization in some shape or form is involved in some kind of an IoT journey by themselves. And one should not be in a judgmental position with that, what is defined as an IoT. For me, I look at this transformation in three, driven by three different axes. One is reducing an operational expense of enterprises. The second one is to provide greater customer intimacy and closeness and proximity to customers. The third one is to create additional monetizations and mechanisms to revenue generation after a product or a service has been launched. And these are the three fundamental principles that govern whether you're in brownfield or greenfield situations. In that context, the connect, collect, compute, and create paradigm positions us in terms of providing devices and sensors, along with the user-capable IoT and cloud platforms that can offer service to the consumers with these goals broadly defined and in perspective. The brownfield development could look at buildings that have already been constructed, that are not digital native buildings, that are not cloud native buildings, that are not IoT native buildings, or hotels hospitals, and different such confined spaces. In all these cases, you could retrofit them with these types of devices, sensors, and offer them the platforms and services to completely transform the way operations and the way transactions are conducted in that confined space. The greenfield development refers to the software and applications that are developed ground up, the hardware and the devices that are developed ground up for digital native, IoT native, cloud native buildings or warehouses or energy management devices or even in smart retail. Examples could be you could take an existing air conditioning or a dishwasher or a smoke detector and retrofit it with sensors and make it digital transformation of those devices. Or you could also look at smart locks or smart thermostats that are being designed ground up natively for 
serving the digital transformations of these different enterprises. Those are the differences I see between the brownfield and the greenfield. So perhaps drilling down on that, what are some of the key use cases and wins that you've enabled with your clients? I talked about different applications, uh, different verticals. And in many of these cases, we've worked with many of these clients. We have deployed as part of our field trials with them, learned from this experience, worked with a lot of cloud and IoT platform partners, learned from this experience, and we've had successes in the different verticals that I talked about. There are also other verticals like medical device industry. There is uh, automotive that are also going through digital transformations and that is also very hungry for such devices, but they have different requirements, they have different endpoints, they have different solutions that need to be catered in. One size doesn't fit all, but the general theme where we have had success is when we are able to bring a solution that is not readily available in the market and it's not for the do-it-yourself market, but truly the ones that need a solution that can scale, a solution that is robust, and a solution that helps in their digital transformation of their own industry. And to create the three things that I talked about with the goals of reducing their operational expense or creating intimacy with their consumers or customers. And the third one being finding new ways of monetization. Those are the cases that we have seen successes initially. And those are the cases where we have been able to delight our customers. In the setup for this, in your bio, we talked about the evolution through the frequent and often dramatic shifts that have taken place in the uh, industry. And with that in mind, a lot of these shifts have taken place in this this space of last mile connectivity. Of course, you have 5G, Starlink, which I'm happy to be using for this call, crowdsourced communication platforms like Helium. It seems that last mile communication options is significantly increased since the traditional telco operators. How are you seeing this landscape emerge and and what do you see as the implications, particularly for your forward-looking direction? One of the most interesting aspects for me is we serve, we are the largest broadband device provider in the world by a wide margin. And we are in pretty much every operator around the world that is significant. And in all these cases, they have different means of connectivity. One, it could be cable or the other one could be fiber. The third operator could be with fixed wireless access and 5G. You see copper as a connectivity with twisted pair, very still very popular in Europe. And there's also agnostic wireless extenders and wireless routers that run inside the home on the LAN side. All these cases, our proposition is we are able to serve the needs of these different operators today in our core business, independent of the way the data reaches their premises. But the challenging and the most exciting part for us is once the data reaches the home, what do we do with that data? And that's where our true expertise comes in. In this case of the adjacent markets, of the enterprise markets, the data could reach in many different forms. It could be Starlink, which we have looked into. It could be 5G, which we are absolutely working today. Or it could be any sort of helium type crowdsourcing network. But once the data reaches the premises of a, in a confined space, whether it's a industrial warehouse or cold chain or a smart retail, or if it is what you call as a building management, a multi-dwelling unit apartments, in all these cases, inside the device, you have what we call as a unified experience of software that runs 
in these devices. And this is what we have developed our own software stacks over the last 10 years based on open source, based on open WRT and based on some open source standards that provide lifecycle management. We look at our devices truly as platforms. Think of the iPhone as a platform on which you have multiple apps that are running. Our devices are truly the platforms on which you could have multiple containers running multiple apps and cloud agents that are running to connect to the cloud. So independent of the delivery mechanism of data to the device, the customer experience of connectivity to provide the Wi-Fi connectivity, to provide a Zigbee, Z-Wave, Bluetooth, BACnet, multiple protocol connectivity using the same device, and to provide the software experience of, and being comfortable that the software has security built in because we are typically very concerned and very aware of the security implications of the devices, cybersecurity and otherwise. We are very focused on ensuring the hardware performance of connectivity is rock solid and robust with the software driver integration and the adaptation of these radios and connectivity solutions to seamlessly perform mission-critical applications. This is the seamless experience that we provide once the data reaches the home, in the agnostic to the mechanism by which the data reaches these premises. So in your paradigm, really moving from connect and collect as your traditional core platform to now extending, as you say, to compute, and in some cases, it sounds like create in the sense of full-stack solutions. Makes a lot of sense and certainly decouples you from the proliferation of last-mile connectivity options while maintaining a common, if you will, solution at the edge, which makes a lot of sense. What impressed me about your role, uh, Garish, is certainly you are forward-looking in terms of how you're taking this business forward, and you have to stay close to trends. I think arguably some of the most disruptive technology trends are happening in the home space and not necessarily in the industrial space. In some sense, the industry gets access to those after they've been proven out for a while. So I'm curious, what trends are you watching these days? The two trends that primarily I'm watching, one is regarding connectivity. When you look at the home space, the connectivity is typically a Wi-Fi connectivity with a couple of IoT protocols, in some cases Zigbee or Bluetooth and Matter starting to come in, plays a big role in uniform standardizing the way connectivity happens inside the home. In the industrial space and the spaces outside the home, these industries have grown organically over many years and they have their own proprietary standards of connectivity. And they're not necessarily the same standards in all the cases as the home standards. There is some overlap, but there are some proprietary standards as well. I'm looking at how the connectivity standards are going to converge both within the home and outside the home. And is there a role for Technical and Vantiva to play a role in that to create that standardization of connectivity? Because that simplifies the way devices communicate, talk, and identify amongst themselves. The second trend that I see is that of hyper-aggregators. Big cloud platforms are starting to become interested in the space where the cloud and the IoT platform companies, there is a consolidation that's happening. And you could see the trend in the last five years, how this transformation has happened and how this trend is continuing and going to continue in the future. 
there'll be niche cloud platform companies that will have solutions, but there are also the hyper aggregators, if they approach this right, that could have a significant impact on these types of uh, transformation. And I want to just go back to the previous topic that we discussed. Our core competency is still in connect and collect. We do compute and we could do create, but we believe that this is a team sport and we need the right partners for compute and create that can bring in the scale and sense of uh, concentration and ability to execute in that space of compute and create. So I do see these two trends in the context of the connect and collect, but also working very closely with the compute and create partners that we work with today. Yeah, it makes sense. IoT is first and foremost an ecosystem. And with that in mind, we've always made the big bet that there are no winners take all, specifically on the B2B or industrial side of this thing. And so I think it's apropos that you maintain a strong core and you certainly look to go upstack with your partners in providing solutions. Because at the end of the day, that's what people truly are buying, right? In terms of the value proposition. You mentioned partnerships and such. And so your position must give you an interesting perspective across the industry. And as you know, we're avid uh, venture capital investors. So I'm curious, what are some of the innovative startups that you're seeing these days? For me, I was looking at many companies in the space of there some innovative sensor companies and innovative sensor companies are there. And then there are companies that are very innovative when it comes to cloud platforms. Uh, there are small, medium and large companies that do really a lot of good work in this cloud platforms. Fogon recently, you've read the news, but they've done some really interesting work. Some IoT database companies like C3.IoT is doing some interesting work in this space. These are different partners that we look to work with. They're also partners that specifically are addressing the retail markets, and there are partners that address the multi-dwelling unit apartments. And the big names are very familiar to everyone, like the GCPs and Azure IoT and AWS IoT, and these platforms are very well known, and they do a lot of interesting work. There's differences among these, but each one of them has their own value proposition there. And finally, in terms of the creative part, I do see many of these independent software vendors that are doing some interesting work in niche segments. They don't have the scale necessarily, but nonetheless, they are good delivery mechanisms and means to create this digital transformation that's happening around the world. So given the forward-looking work that you're doing, when you do find time for personal inspiration, I'm really curious, where does that likely come from for you? I look at different people from different walks of lives, and inspiration stems from the simplest of things in many cases. And reading some of the books, and this is another source of inspiration. But an unusual place where I find some inspiration is I have young kids, and they're watching cartoons, and they watch different kinds of cartoons on the TV. And every time I get to catch some of these shows with them, one of the shows is Curious George. And if you look at Curious George, it's very inspiring. And you don't think of it as an inspirational material, but Curious George is curious by nature. Stay hungry, stay foolish is the motto of Curious George to a big extent. And you'd see Curious George trying out something. Initially, it never succeeds. And then eventually, he figures out how to get this right. And it's always a learning experience associated with it. For me, that's very inspiring. And if you step back and think about it, to all walks of life, especially business or personal, 
taking a risk, doing something foolish initially, trying out without the fear of failure, and then course correcting it with the lessons you've learned, it's absolutely inspiring to me. It's perhaps what we refer to as the agile method these days. <laughs> that's, uh, that's true. <laughs> we have a scientific name for these things now. Yep. There you go. As an aside, since you mentioned a cartoon and George, at the time we're recording this, we are, uh, let's say, George Jetson would be four days old today. So as you guys remember the Jetsons cartoon series, George supposedly was born on July 31st, 2022. So if you think that the future is far out, Think about that as a potential model of how close some of this is. So soon we'll be having the little jet cars and the robot nanny. <laughs> so That's Garish, thank you for sharing this time and insights with us today. Ken, thank you so much. It was a wonderful conversation. And this was really exciting for me to share with you my thoughts and our thoughts here. And once again, thank you so much for this opportunity. As, as well. It's been very interesting, and especially the work that you guys are getting ready to launch. I think it's very timely given where we're at industry-wise, and it sounds like you guys have a very solid platform of value proposition going forward. So we'll look forward to great things coming out of Vantiva and your role uh, beginning into September. So, so this has been Garish Naganathan, CTO of Technicolor Connected Home and SVP of the Broadband Product Unit. Thank you for listening, and please join us for the next episode of our Digital Thread podcast series. Thank you, and have a great day. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archived versions of podcasts, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.